All right, Jeremiah 34. Jeremiah 34. Smaller crowd this afternoon. But you guys have always been my favorites, so works out just fine. <laughs> I'm not allowed to lie. Um, I was talking with my dad uh, last week sometime, and he always asks about Sunday, how'd Sunday go, and I said, good, and I said, you know, I'm starting to think we're just never going to get everybody here at the same time. Uh, if everybody shows up on the same week, we uh, we got quite the crowd to come, and uh, well, between vacations and sicknesses and uh, all kinds of other uh, things, uh, starting to wonder if it's ever going to happen. Uh, again, but I'll tell you when we're running our numbers now and a few people aren't here It's a lot better than when we were running our numbers before and a few people weren't here uh, So it's it's still a blessing to have people here and uh, so today we're looking at, at Jeremiah 34 Katie called me during lunch and uh, She's almost home and I have a little bit of straightening up to do at the house before she gets home So uh, we're gonna keep it short today um, I thought she was going to come a little bit closer to dinner time, but uh, that's all right. She loves me anyway, so she says. Jeremiah 34, you're going to see in verse 1 the timing of this, uh, this chapter. It says, The word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army, and all the kingdoms of the earth of his, of his dominion, and all the people fought against Jerusalem and against all the cities thereof. So this is before the captivity, but pretty much right on the onset of the captivity as King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army is coming in to capture the people. So we're going to look at the message that comes with this, um, a couple of different thoughts here in Jeremiah 34 this afternoon, and then we'll head to the house to clean. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for letting us be here today. Thank you for those that were able to stay for the afternoon time, and God, I pray that as we continue to look through this book of Jeremiah, um, that God, today you would uh, put before our hearts uh, the, the needs of our lives, uh, Lord, that we would live obediently and, and trustworthy towards you, and uh, God, that we would fulfill what you want us to fulfill, and we would please you and not displease you. And God, I pray that you'd help these verses to encourage us in that, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. And we see here the timing, like we said in verse number one, and then the message comes for Jeremiah to speak, and it says in verse 2, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and tell him, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. This is a message that we've heard before, right? Um, if you remember back several chapters, there were other prophets who were saying, No, 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 that's not going to happen. And Jeremiah was saying, it's going to happen. And God was saying, it's going to happen. And the other prophets were saying, no, 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 it's not going to happen. Well, it's here. Uh, the message is the same. It's what they've been telling. But now it's a little bit less of a, if you return, uh, then it'll all go away to now it's time. Uh, the time is now. The time is up. So to say, verse 3, it says, And thou shalt not escape out of his hand, but shalt surely be taken. And delivered into his hand, and thine eyes shall behold the eyes of the king of Babylon, and he shall speak with thee mouth to mouth, and thou shalt go to Babylon. Uh, interesting message that God has given to the king here, saying not only is the time up, but you are getting ready to meet Nebuchadnezzar face to face. You're going to have a conversation with him, 
and you're being taken to Babylon. There is a little bit of mercy mixed in with this. In verse number 4 he says, Yet hear the word of the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. Thus saith the Lord of thee, Thou shalt not die by the sword, but thou shalt die in peace, or old age, and with the burnings of thy fathers, the former kings which were before thee, so shall they burn uh, odors for thee, and they will lament thee, saying, Ah, Lord, for I have pronounced the word, saith the Lord. So the mercy mixed in is at least he's not going to die a violent death. Um, he is going to die in peace of old age, of natural causes. Um, he will live out his life, and he will be mourned as the king that died. Uh, but he's still going to be living in Babylon. Verse 6, it says, Jeremiah the prophet spake all these words unto Zedekiah, king of Judah, in Jerusalem. I have underlined in my Bible the phrase, spake all these words, and beside of it I've written in my Bible, faithfulness. Something that we might look over looking through this book where Jeremiah is consistently giving this message that God has given him. You have to remember, this is not a pleasant message to give. Um, it is towards his own people. It is towards his own king. It is towards uh, people who, who obviously responded negatively, right? Because we've seen Jeremiah thrown in prison, beaten, all kinds of other things. Yet consistently, faithfully, Jeremiah spake the words that God told him to speak. He didn't mince the message. He didn't change anything. He was smart enough to understand, God's going to do this to his people. I better obey God. And so he spake all the words. And again, it's a small point, and most of the time we look past it. But Jeremiah was faithful. I think that's something we should remember about him. Uh, the armies fought in verse 7, verse number 8. Uh, this is the word that came unto Jeremiah from the Lord after that the king Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people which were at Jerusalem to proclaim liberty unto them. So he's, he made a law and he said, I want you to let all of your servants go free. Um, deliver everyone to freedom. Everyone is now free, which is a good thing, right? That is a positive thing. That's a good move, uh, good choice by the king. Uh, there as well, whether they were Hebrews or not Hebrews, whether they are uh, servants or whatever it may be, everyone is to be free. And it says at the end of verse 9, to serve himself of them, uh, to wit, uh, of a Jew to his brother. So we see this idea of freedom amongst the people. But uh, in verse 10 they do that. Everyone lets their servants go. It says they're manservants and they're maidservants. But in verse 11 it says, Afterward they turned and caused the servants and the handmaids whom they had let go free to return and brought them into subjection for servants and for handmaids. They broke a promise. They broke a covenant. They made this deal. We we're going to let everyone go free. And then they went back on it. They brought every, all their servants back and they, they made it back in there. And so in verse 12 it says that important first word of verse 12, therefore, uh, as a result of, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of a bondman, saying, At the end of seven years, let go every man his brother in Hebrew, which had been sold unto thee, and when he hath served thee six years, thou shalt let him go free from thee. But your fathers hearkened not unto me, neither inclined their ear. And ye were now turned, and had done right in my sight, in proclaiming liberty every man to his neighbor. And ye had made a covenant before me in the house which ye is called by my name. But ye turned and polluted my name, and caused every man his servant and every man his handmaid, whom ye had set at liberty at their pleasure, to return and brought them into subjection 
to be unto you for servants and for handmaids. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, this is a familiar phrase, ye have not hearkened unto me in proclaiming liberty, every one to his brother and every man to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim liberty for you, saith the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, to the famine, and I will make you to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. When they thought they were free from punishment, the people went back on their word. And God says, you're never free from punishment when you're doing wrong. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the verse in the New Testament, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You're going to sow discord, you're going to sow bondage, you're going to reap bondage. It's exactly what happens here. Verse 18, um, And I will give the men that have transgressed my covenant, which have not performed the words of the covenant which they had made before me, when they cut the calf in twain and passed between the parts thereof. Princes of Judah and the princes of Jerusalem, the eunuchs, the uh, priests, and all the, the eunuchs, excuse me, the priests, and all the people of the land which passed between the parts of the calf, I will even give them into the hand of their enemies into the hand of them that seek their life, and their dead bodies shall be for meat under the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the earth. You know, it's interesting, um, that, that thought that their bodies will be food for the birds and the beasts, it's a shameful way to go. No funeral, no uh, memoriam, no uh, uh, procedure, just laying out in a field to be picked apart by the animals. When God created the earth, he put people above animals. We are, to, we are the most important of his creation. And when you see animals having their way with God's greatest creation, you understand the shame that is in that. And that's what God's saying here. Your sin, your transgressions, these things that you've done, they have a sincere consequence to them. And although the king would live in Babylon and die a peaceful death, there were going to be some who would not die a peaceful death. They would die by the sword. They would die by pestilence. They would die during this captivity. And it won't be pretty at all. Verse 21, Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and his princes, will I give into the hands of their enemies, and the hand of them that seek their life, and into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which are gone up from you. Behold... I will command, saith the Lord, and cause them to return to this city, and they shall fight against it and take it and burn it with fire, and I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without an inhabitant. Obedience brings peace. You could say, well, you know, I don't agree with that because there are many people who have obeyed God and, and suffered uh, uh, a... a painful death because of it. This might be too cliche, but if I may, there's no greater peace than heaven. You think of Stephen when he was being stoned. His heart was for the people who were stoning him. But I believe if you read that passage, you'll see the peace that Stephen had. Those that followed Christ and died some horrible deaths after Christ had gone to heaven, I believe if you read through the accounts, you'll see there's peace in that. 
in this case, there would have been peace had they obeyed. Because they didn't obey, there was no peace. If you look at it as a parent to a child, when a child obeys, there's peace in the home. Not chaos. and uh, not If there's loud noises, there are at least joyful noises. When a child disobeys, there is a non-peaceful time. No matter how you discipline your children, right there is a uh, an air about the house when a child's disobedient. It's not peaceful. When a Christian obeys God, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, there will be peace. And we've told you, and you probably already knew this without me telling you, just because you're following God doesn't mean there won't be hardships, doesn't mean there won't be storms. It just means that you have a rock, you have a shelter, that you've got protection. And I promise you, and I think we learn this in this scripture, that if you'll obey God, you will have peace. The Bible says, I think it's in Leviticus, I could be wrong, but there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. It goes on, there's a long list of things there's a time for, it's the back and forth, but we're in a war. We're in a spiritual war. It's a dangerous enemy that we face. It's not flesh and blood, it's principalities, powers, wickedness, Satan himself. When we don't obey God, that warfare gets pretty chaotic. But if we obey God, there is peace. And I just encourage you. And we look at this, and these people are getting ready to go into captivity. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar's marching. The armies are marching. They're about to uh, see their fate in front of them. Have they just obeyed? I know, isn't it simple? I say this a lot. <laughs> if we just obey we just do right we just do what we know we're supposed to do it changes everything we gotta stop fighting it most of us are adults <laughs> start acting like it right uh, put away childish things let's just obey God and experience the peace that God offers us it's far better than the chaos the world is guaranteed to give us. Lord, I pray for your help this morning or this afternoon. God, we step into a new week and go back to work and go back to routine. God, I pray that you'd help us. We'd live according to as you'd have us to live. God, I pray that we'd be spiritually healthy. God, I pray that we'd be obedient. I know there are times where I can only imagine your frustration or disappointment in the way I act. God, I pray that you'd help this week, that I'd be obedient. God, I pray that you'd help peace to come. Lord, I pray that you'd help each person. Lord, we know when it's right, so help us now to do it. Lord, give us victory this week. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, we're back Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. If you can come, we'd love to have you. If you need a Zoom invite, let us know.
Uh, don't forget, I will be emailing you about shirts. Hopefully, if I remember. Uh, I'll be emailing you about shirts. Get back with me as soon as you can on that. Um, and then um, I will let you know the price as soon as we get all that figured out, uh, what it will be, if anything. And then um, stuff for the kids extravaganza and uh, anything that you can help with that we mentioned earlier today, if you just let me know, I'd appreciate it at some point in the near future. Um, but uh, if we don't see you Wednesday, our family will be gone on Sunday. Um, James is going to be preaching the morning service. John will be preaching the afternoon service. And um, everything will be going on as normal just without us here. And, uh, and Lord willing, we'll come back sunburnt and, uh, and rested uh, when we come back the next week. But uh, thank you all so much. Uh, love you guys. If there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. Let's go ahead and be dismissed.